You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Roman. Now, you might notice something a little different today. Evie is not here. It is just me. So today's solo show, it's it's double solo. It's the as solo as you could get. Solo. Lindsay Roman right here. Evie will be back next week to share her story, but we wanted to do something really fun and we got this idea. I was listening to an episode of Jasmine Star's podcast, The Jasmine Star Show, and she did an episode on her podcast where she just went and deep dived completely into her story of how she got her start. And to wrap it up, she kind of shared a few tips and lessons that she learned along the way that could be applicable for you as a listener. And I really loved that as a listener. And so I kind of wanted to bring that idea to the Heart and Hustle podcast for me and Evie. And so that's why we decided to split up two different episodes where you get just me on this episode and then next week you'll get just Evie. One of the most common questions that both Evie and I get asked is how did you start your business? So many people ask that and while when we've done podcast interviews on other podcasts we can share it in maybe like five minutes and we also shared it on this podcast in episode number one. So real quick if you have not listened to episode number one of our podcast I would please kindly request you to pause this episode and go back, listen to those because that'll give you kind of just a synopsis. Um, But in that episode, we didn't want to take, you know, two hours to share both of our stories. And so that's why we're doing this episode where we can kind of just get solo and break it down and really get into the nitty gritty of what I did from ground zero when I first picked up a camera, how my photography business took off. And so, you know what? Pull up a seat grab some popcorn, grab some wine. This is going to be just a fun girl chat with me and you. And I can't wait. I can't wait to dive into my story and really just take you on a super off the cuff, candid storytelling adventure. So if you're ready to hop in, let's go. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. All right, my story begins in the arts. So in order to get the full picture of where I am today, we kind of got to back up and let me give you a brief backstory. Growing up, I loved art and I loved storytelling. Um, I did acting in theater in high school, middle school, and college. Photography was an interest of mine, but Truly, it was just any art form. I was on my newspaper team in high school as a photographer. But even back then, I I just did the bare minimum. I think I had a natural talent for it, but I didn't know how to use it on manual. I used it on auto and all of that. So I, I just, I was on my high school newspaper team. I did theater. I did cheerleading. I just loved storytelling in general, and I loved art. And when I went to college, I majored in theater and film. 
and with a business minor, which is funny now because that's primarily what I do, which is just funny. I remember adding on that minor at the time because I was thinking, oh, that would be just like a slice of practicality in a sea of more fluffy majors. But, you know, anybody else out there uh, that's a theater major feel me on that one? (laughs) In college, I studied abroad in England and I also did the Disney College program the DCP is that we call it, um, for a, uh, it was more than a semester. It was January to August um, of my junior to senior year. And the DCP comes back. So there's a long story, but just remember that. Um, so in college, I, I had full intention to graduate and go off to LA and make it big as an actress. I loved acting specifically. And that's why I majored in both theater and film to kind of get that film background. But it came to a point where, and in college, I also did photography. I, I just took my camera and I took photos, but I was never super intentional about it. Um, so when I graduated, I knew that at that point in time, I wasn't ready to go off to LA. I knew that if I was going to do that, I really needed to be intentional about it and like go swing for the fences. And I knew that just my heart, my this season wasn't not right for me at that time. And so I really wanted to take that time to grow in my faith. And I took an internship with my campus ministry at the time in my church. And that was, I'm trying to think, I graduated in December of 2014. We're going to paint a timeline picture here for you. So that was in December of 2014 that I graduated. And so then that January is when I started my internship. And as I was doing the internship, I was just in a place where I wanted to practice and cultivate just skills and talents because I had extra time and I wanted to do that. I was also on Tumblr a lot. If anybody knows what Tumblr is, uh, I think people still use it, but it's it was like the tween thing back in the day. And I followed this girl on Tumblr who was just so mega inspiring to me. Her name was Chelsea Antos. Well, her name still is Chelsea Antos. And she started a company with her mom and two other friends. And they she was doing a road trip with her husband at the time. And they were doing little meetups for their company, Trades of Hope, in different cities. And I remember it was March, literally 2nd, March 2nd, 2015. I don't know how I remember that, but that's the day it was. She was doing a stop in Kansas City. And for anyone that doesn't know, I am like Kansas born and raised. So at the time, I went to KU, by the way, for the college. That's where I went, KU. And so she did a stop in Kansas City. And because I followed her on Tumblr, I told Andrew, who was my boyfriend at the time, I was like, hey, we need to go to her meetup because she's awesome. And we went. And I remember being so inspired that day. I remember seeing somebody who I looked up to that had this entrepreneurial spirit in her. And I Truly, it had to have been the Holy Spirit because he lit a flame in me so much that day to just, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I wanted my life to look like that in some aspect. I just knew that leaving that meeting. I was like, whoa. Um, And it was just cool to meet somebody who I looked up to and now we like friends. So it's it's fun. Love love you, Chelsea, if you're listening to this. Um, So after that meetup, I, I had my camera but it was it was a Canon T3i, a Canon Rebel T3i, so just like bare bones. And I, I knew after co- leaving that meetup, I just wanted to start cultivating skills and passions that I loved. So after that meetup, I was just so inspired to start creating and just exploring talents, skills, and passions that I had that I just hadn't fostered and stewarded yet. So I had always loved photography, but I 
I remember coming home from that meetup and remember, like I looked at my camera and I thought to myself, why have I been shooting on this on auto like this whole time? Like there's other settings on a camera and why don't I know what they mean? I don't even know what this word ISO or ISO means. I don't know what, like I didn't know anything. And literally I just pulled out the manual and I started learning. And it was purely just for the purpose of getting better at a skill that I loved. There was no ulterior motive to be like, that day I will start a photography business. Like, no, none of that. I just wanted to get better at a skill that I loved. And so at the time, like I said, I had the Canon Rebel T3i and I think I bought the le- the 50, the nifty 50. If anybody knows what that is, it's the 50 millimeter and it goes down to like 1.8. And it's a really great starter lens that's a little more than a hundred bucks, which is great to get your foot in the door, to get really wide open aperture. And that's what I wanted. So, and that's what people recommended at the time. So that's what I had. And I started shooting everything. I remember the day that I began, began being intentional with this. I asked my roommate Ruthie at the time, and I, I said, hey, can we, can I take you out and just take portrait photos of you just because I want to practice? Um, and she did. And still to this day, I I remember looking at those photos and thinking, those are really good, <laughs> which sounds so pompous. But um, I think it was just me getting the door open to like how cool this could be. So like I said, I started shooting everything. My roommates, friends who were dating and I could get couple photos. I started photographing families in my church, seniors in my church, seniors just in the community. I just started doing portraits and like everything. I just like was soaked up as much knowledge as I could and started shooting everything. And I was still interning for my campus ministry. And as I was getting kind of better at photography, I started getting asked to kind of photograph the events that we were hosting because obviously I had to be there anyway. And so they were like, hey, Lindsay, why don't you just photograph it? And I'm like, okay, cool, I will. And that helps me practice in different lighting scenarios and different like different people, events even. And I remember as I started growing, I was like, oh, all of my talents and things that I'm really good at, like storytelling, art, and my love for people, all of those collide with photography maybe I could just like start a side hustle. And that was my first intention of like, okay, well, I'm doing ministry right now. I worked as a waitress at a brewery to make just more income. And I thought, okay, maybe this could just supplement that. And I remember the first thing I did was create a Facebook page, like a business Facebook page called Lindsay Noel Photography, which was my business name from the very beginning. And I created that in April of 2015. And to this day, if you go to my Facebook like business page. Now it's just called Lindsay Roman. If you go to the albums and you scroll down or just to all the albums, you will see an album called Ruthie. That was the album. It's still up there, which is crazy to me, Um, but it's still there. The album of my roommate Ruthie that I shot when I first was starting to get intentional about it. And I was like, hey, I really want to give this a go. And before you go look at those, if you do, I just want to say I had had Like that was my first go at doing it on manual, but I had had photography training like from high school and beyond. So I don't want you to see those and be like, well, you're fabulous. Cause I, I will say, I think they're pretty good, (laughs) but also some of them are trash, but you know, you do what you can. Um, But I, I also want you guys to look at the album timeline photos and scroll all the way down. So if you go to my album photos on my Facebook page, timeline photos, scroll all the way down. That is my work from the very beginning when I started posting in April of 2015. And y'all, there are photos of muffins. I scrolled down today in looking at them 
And I, I remember my roommate, another roommate at the time, Casey, she had made muffins that day. And literally, I, I saw them in the window light. And I thought to myself, wow, don't those muffins look good? I must photograph them. <laughs> and then not only that, I must photograph them and then I must post them on my Facebook. Just that was, that was where I was at. But I think there's a good lesson in there, which is photograph anything and everything and practice your butt off. Um, so after I made a Facebook page, pretty immediately I made a website slash blog and I made it on Weebly and it was so sad. And I love you enough to give you the the glimpse of that. I found the website. I obviously I, I have a new website now, but I thought it was gone forever until I think like two months ago I found it again. So we will leave the link to my very first blog website in the show notes. Y'all, it is a it is a treasure, let me tell you. But it's lindsaynoel.weebly.com if anyone just wants to go straight there. You you're welcome in advance. Um but I started it on 4-20-2015, and I know that because I wrote this post on that exact date when I started it. And I want to read it because I think it's just very beautiful. <laughs> I think there is some sort of bravery in writing something down and getting it out of your head. Whether it gets seen by a million people or none at all, I think it's brave. I've always loved people who write things from their heart and share those things with the world. Secretly, I've always wished I could be one of those people, and I decided the only thing stopping me was myself. So I made this, a place to write down my thoughts, my prayers, my struggles, my hopes, and my dreams, a place that maybe someone will happen upon one day, and maybe, just maybe, it can brighten their day. You see, we are all in this big world together. We rely on each other, build with each other, and love one another. I love having the opportunity to inspire hope and love in others because I myself love getting inspiration from so many places in this world God has given us. So I hope by writing down my thoughts that I might inspire someone to love, to hope, to believe, to bestow grace. I never counted myself as a writer by trade, but I always kind of wanted to be. So here's my attempt at that. Maybe you'll stick around for the ride. April 20th, 2015. Baby Lindsay, y'all. And I... I read that because I'm recording this show on April 22nd, 2020, five years and two days later from the day that I started my blog and website and pretty much officially my business. Like, wow, I, I'm blown away by looking back at that and seeing the journey that God took me on. It's, it mind blows me. Mind blow, it mind, it blows my mind. There we go. (laughs) So getting more into the nitty gritty. I started sharing my heart and inspirational short little blog posts. I kind of started doing that before I even had the thought to blog couple photos or or portraits or seniors or whatever. So I started with like sharing inspiration. And as I started growing my photography and diving into that, I slowly started posting my work and making that my blog or making my blog my photography website. And I didn't actually start posting client work on that site until well over a year later. So don't think that I started it that day. And then all of a sudden I was like blogger extraordinaire, not at all. There's like three posts from 2015 on there. And the one I just read you was one of them. (laughs) Um, But the point being, I started. I started not knowing what would be. I started not having any information or skills. I just had what I knew, which was my camera and a heart to inspire people. And that's all I needed. 
So I did that in April. The rest of 2015 kind of looked like this. I practiced, I practiced, I practiced. I photographed friends and family, either for free or very cheap to get portfolio work. And I did exactly what I teach not to do now, which is I compared my work to others and then I priced accordingly to that. Don't do that. Just don't do that. (laughs) It will not lead you in a good place. I practiced on myself. I would take my tripod out to fields and I would get content photos of myself for my Instagram and blog. Even at that time, I knew the value of having content photos of yourself. Um, And I, I did that because I wanted to pair photos of myself or landscapes with my blog or with my inspirational posts that I was creating and writing at the time. Something that I did right away that I think was very good was I took an Instagram online course from Hillary Rushford. It was the first online course I ever took. And when I took her course, that kind of opened my eyes to the world of Instagram and how you can market an online business that way. And that's really, truly when I started viewing Instagram less as like, oh, this is just another app like Facebook that I just put up whatever photos. And I really started to try to get strategic with it. And if you scroll back on my Instagram feed all the way to probably what, May or June of 2015, before that, you will definitely realize a difference uh, than after that. I I tried. (laughs) Try being the key word there. Um, After that, I took a photography marketing course from Jenna Kutcher back when it was very first launched. And that was just more of a blessing than I could ever say. Just investing in myself and learning the tools that I needed to grow a business up front, I think made me grow so much faster than I would have without them. My very, very first wedding that I ever shot was on July 20th, 2015. So just a few months later after I opened my little website (laughs) and I second shot for one of my friends who she wasn't even a professional photographer. She was just a friend of the bride and a friend who kind of knew how to do photos and she was shooting her wedding. And so she was like, hey, Lindsay, come along. If you want to really get into this, come along, second shoot. And that was how that went. And that was my very first wedding. My second wedding I ever shot was by myself solo. And it was August 2nd, 2015. So just like a little bit under a few weeks later, I guess. It was a Jewish wedding. And the reason I got the gig was because they had originally got married in Israel. And so in Kansas City, this was like their second reception for all of their Kansas City friends. Um, So that's you know, being baby fresh, I didn't get to shoot the actual wedding. Like, no, I shot pretty much what was the reception. And they did a little bit of a ceremony, but it was a venue in Kansas City. It was this like big, I can't even remember. It was like a barn thing. It was a typical, I feel like Kansas City venue. And I remember that wedding for one specific reason, mainly. It was my very first wedding alone, baby fresh. And I I roll up with my little Canon T3i feeling so snazzy. Um, (laughs) And I had just got a flash because I was like, okay, if I'm going to do weddings and then I need to do reception lighting, I need to have like a professional flash, right? Well, so I, I had that thought and I had the flash. And I roll up and the whole day goes great. And then we get to the reception. And if y'all have ever been to a Jewish wedding, they go hard. They have so much freaking fun. It is a hoot and a half to be a part of and to witness. Like they had the bride and groom up on chairs, dancing. It was so much fun. And in the middle of it, no, not even the middle. It was probably one fourth of the time into the dancing. I'm playing around with my flash getting reception photos because again, very first time ever doing this, ever. Like, I might have practiced a little bit with the flash, uh, like, before, but no. 
Also, let me just back up. The reason I actually booked this wedding is because I was really good friends with the groom's younger sister. That's literally the only way. That was the connection. Um, And because it was like their second wedding and it wasn't the real one that was beautiful and in Italy, not in Italy, in Israel. (laughs) And so that's why I got it. But anyways, during the dance portion, I'm using my little flash, right? And I'm shooting the heck out of it because I want to do a good, good job. And one fourth of the way into the reception, my flash batteries die because I was like, oh, right, okay, I need to bring AA batteries. But this is how baby fresh I was. I did not bring any, any backups. No, no flash backups whatsoever. Literally, I brought two singular AA batteries and they went kaput one fourth of the way into the reception. And so I'm sitting there like, oh no, I didn't bring any, like what? It was I thinking, first of all, why did I not bring any backup? I don't know. And I thought to myself, okay, well, what do I do? I, I can't, I have to use some sort of flash. <sighs> this pains me to admit out loud. I took off the like flash off my camera, the one that like the external flash, I took it off because it, there was literally zero, I had zero batteries to get it to work. And y'all, on the Canon Rebel, I popped up like the like the crappy wimpy flash that's like input into the camera. I don't even know what it's called because literally no one uses it. It's like the the flash that comes with the camera that's like so wimpy and sad. I used that <laughs> because that's all I had. And I was like, well, I need some sort of flash and uh we're here today, so it it worked out for me, but I'm not proud of that moment. <laughs> Did not bring back up batteries. So if you're baby fresh to the wedding world, bring like 10 AA batteries, just do it. (laughs) Anyways, later that year, we're still in 2015, I continued interning for my church and working as a waitress at a brewery. Um, And I also got engaged in October, 2015. So exciting times. (laughs) That winter, I shot a couple more weddings, gigs I got because they were either friends of mine or friends of my husband. So I think I shot two. (laughs) Woo. Um, And so then in 2016, early 2016, I got fired from my waitress job, which was a very big blow to the ego. If you are like me and you are a fellow goody two-shoes and you strived all of your life to get A's and be a good girl and not do anything bad, when you get fired, oh, that just like pierces the soul, let me tell you. But it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. I was still interning at my church and I made that choice to not try to get another job because this was in January and I was working on building my photography and I still had the income from my internship. So I I was like, you know what? Let's just not try to fill in the waitress job. Let's continue on and continue trying to use that extra time to really push towards my photography. So I continued photographing seniors, families, engagements, and a few more weddings. And all of them were friends' weddings. Nobody at this point was like a stranger who booked me because I was awesome. Not at all. (laughs) Anything I could get booked, I did. I would do shoots. I would take photos of me, my life, my work. And I would combine all those photos with words of things that I was learning, life lessons, things God was teaching me, and just general encouragement. I would post about those on my blog. But really, my blog was not that popping at all. I really used that inspiration and life lessons and encouragement 
to fuel my caption game on Instagram. That's kind of where I focused that. Um, And I did this when nobody else really was. I looked at everybody else in the photography industry and everybody else was posting just their photos of their work and they weren't doing captions that really had anything deeper meaning. And I I looked at that and I was like, oh, I must be doing something wrong. But at the same time, all the marketing like tools that I was ingesting and learning told me that that was right. So I kept doing it even though I didn't see anybody else really doing it. Later in May, I got married to the love of my life, Andrew. And that was when I decided that I was going full time. That was when my internship with my church stopped. And the only other thing I had was photography. And I didn't want to get another job at that time because I really had a passion and I really had a drive to make this thing work. So that was literally when I just said, you know what? Husband, support me. I'm going full time. I'm going to make this thing work. And that's that's pretty much what I did. I think that lit the fuel under my butt to really make photography going for me. So I probably, I jumped before I technically had the salary to like equate a full-time salary, if that makes sense. Um, And that's not saying that that's right. That's just what I did. But I did that because my husband was working and we lived off of his income and anything that I made in photography went to bills and rent and things like that. Um, But I was really passionate about making this reality and I wanted to do it. So after that, more friends got engaged and I did their engagement photos that summer of 2016. As I shot more and more, I started falling in love with couples and weddings. And as I even shot more couples and weddings, I really started to notice and pay attention to what lit me up the most, what I loved shooting the most and what I didn't. And what I found was I really, really was intrigued and attracted to a more intimate style of wedding and a more wild type of elopement feel of wedding versus a traditional classic wedding. And I'm, you know this, but I'm a fan of niching down as much as possible. And I knew that summer where I kind of wanted to go with it, which was more into intimate weddings. And I just knew that I wanted to get more destination work in my portfolio. I knew I wanted to be a destination wedding photographer and living in Kansas, that was kind of hard. And so I think I, I, had to get crafty and tricky in the moment. And so I remember we were doing a family reunion in Michigan that year, just me, Andrew, and his family. And I remember, okay, this could be an opportunity to try to get a session in a state that wasn't Kansas. And at the time, I didn't care if it was like a magical, like, ocean view. Obviously, there's no ocean in between Kansas and Michigan, so do the math. But I still wanted work in other states to start showcasing the fact that I traveled and that I did destination work. And so I remember, I'm not actually sure how I orchestrated this, but I did a giveaway for a photo shoot for people to enter. And the couple that won was from Iowa, so it worked out really, really well. And I did the photo shoot in Iowa as we literally road tripped from Kansas to Michigan. And it was like not magic. I mean, it was great, but it was just like the little foot in the door that just kind of got me into, okay, if I can do this, then I can do this again with other states and other locations. And so that's all that happened that summer. I did a few more weddings, a few more couple sessions, and a few more engagement so it, engagement photos. And a lot of them were free or paid, but very minimally. And it wasn't until... I think August of that year, that I did an engagement session for one of Andrew's best friends. And we took photos at this castle. This is not an actual castle. It was like castle ruins in the Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri. 
And I remember after I shot those photos, she was in like this yellow ball gown and he was in a suit and it looked just literally like Beauty and the Beast. I mean, not like actually like a beast, but you know what I'm saying? Like it was Castle Ruins and she was in this yellow gown. And I remember after that shoot thinking, oh, this is where I thrive. Like shooting couples in really epic wild locations and really truly making art out of that. I just remember that being like the first sign of like, okay, this is the the direction that I need to head in. And so after that, that September, me and Andrew were planning to go to Colorado for my birthday. And we wanted to go, we love national parks, and we wanted to go visit the Great Sand Dunes National Park in Colorado. And I remember thinking, oh, dude, that would be the most epic place to do a photo shoot with a couple because that would just be the dream. And so me and my little, I don't even know how many followers I had at that point, maybe like 1,500, 2,000, maybe, maybe, (laughs) probably not even that many. I did a couple call on Instagram and I geotagged Colorado. I hashtagged all the Colorado hashtags. And I did a couple call asking for, I don't even think I offered payment, honestly, in that couple call because I was just desperate. I did a couple call and remember how I said I was a part of the Disney College program, y'all, back back earlier in this podcast? Uh, One of my friends from the DCP, she commented on that couple call and she tagged one of her friends that she had at the DCP at that time. And she lived in Denver with her boyfriend. And she responded to that comment and was like, oh, hey, we would love to. Um, We live in Denver, so we can drive down to the sand dunes and do photos. And I remember after that, we agreed to meet up at the sand dunes. Their names were Luke and Caitlin, and they brought their puppy. And when I did that photo shoot, I remember even more so than like the castle in the Missouri Lake of the Ozarks, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is literally, my heart is on fire. I wanted to do that for the rest of eternity, shooting couples in wild locations like that, and especially couples who were ideal clients. Like Luke and Caitlin, they obviously were the response of a couple call, but the personality, the carefree, wild, free-spirited type of person, I, I instantly connected with them so much. And it, that really made me understand, oh, okay, when you actually work with like ideal clients and you actually are thriving, you create your best work. And then therefore the client actually thrives as well because you're giving them the best of the best of what you can do. And after that, I was like, okay, I may live in Kansas, but we sure as hell gonna make some adventurous photos happen no matter what. (laughs) I posted the crap out of those photos online. I posted them on Instagram, on my blog. And again, I was pairing that with tips and tricks that I was learning, that tips and tricks for people that would want to book me. I was posting encouragement and inspiration. So I was doing all of that. And I got an inquiry for an engagement session in Baltimore. And I remember at the time I was like, what? Oh, that's so cool. Baltimore. Whoa, that's the East Coast. I've never been there. Okay, I have been to the East Coast, but I hadn't been to Baltimore. (laughs) And she was like, hey, I love your Instagram. I love your photos so much, but we don't have that big of a budget. And I was like, I don't care. I'm coming to Baltimore. I will do it for travel only. And friend, that is what I did. I did it for travel only. And that September, so I kind of did these back-to-back, the session with the sand dunes and then Baltimore. I flew to Baltimore. 
I stayed the night. I got a little cheap Airbnb and I did that session just for the price of the ticket and the Airbnb. And that was it. And I was so stoked on life that I got that opportunity because then in my mind, I was officially a destination photographer. Woo! (laughs) And I posted the crap out of those as well. And then around this time in October of 2016, I got an Instagram message from Jade Tolbert, which if you don't know who that is, uh, Jade and Tanner Tolbert, they met on Bachelor in Paradise. They were on The Bachelor. And me as a Bachelor fanatic, I was stoked out of my flippin' mind. And she was like, hey, because they live in Kansas City. And she asked, hey, I saw your photos of this couple in the sand dunes on Instagram, and I would love to book you for an in-home session. And I was like, oh, hells yes, you can. Absolutely. (laughs) So that's just to say, my sand dune session got me Jade and Tanner, which then when she posted those, got me a whole lot of followers. And we're now into like the fall of 2016. Andrew's still in school. I'm growing my platform because, you know, one little opportunity that I maybe created for myself led to another that happened, you know, and it's it's kind of like a little snowball effect. That November, Andrew's still in school. And so I, I had friends in, they worked in Disneyland. Disney just keeps coming up in my story. <laughs> she worked in, my, one of my best friends worked at Disneyland at the time. And I wanted to, again, make adventurous portfolio happen for myself and also visit her. So I took a trip real fast out to California to visit her in Anaheim. And while I was there, again, I did a couple call for California because I was like, oh, we're in the big leagues now. We are in California. We're getting some good stuff. And I didn't get hardly any response from that, except I did get a response for a portrait session from this girl named Monica. And now we're like best friends and she lives on Oahu as well, which is amazing. So full circle there. But at the time she wanted portraits of herself in Joshua Tree. And I was like, you know what? It's not a couple, but it is in a location that I do want to shoot in. So I said, absolutely. Yes. And at the time I was still doing senior sessions. So it was pretty much the same thing. So I got that. And then I got one more bite from my couple call, which was a family. It was a family of lawyers. It was this this mom and dad who were lawyers in LA with their son. And literally to this day, I still don't know how I, how I got this because this is just like, I'm a random girl from Kansas. And this family in like downtown LA books me for a family session. And being the naive little just person that I was, they had to go to work. Like There was only one day that I could shoot and obviously they're lawyers, so they had to work. And I remember I'm in Anaheim. Like that's where I was staying with my friends and they're in downtown LA. And this is what we decided, y'all. We decided to shoot their family session at 8 a.m. at the Grove in downtown LA. And I'm in Anaheim, 8 a.m. So just for all of you that know rush hour LA traffic, just picture that scenario for a second just to have a moment of silence for me because it was not good. Uh, I remember my friends drove me from Anaheim to the Grove, which why would you do it like a family session at the Grove? That's not exactly like beautiful, but whatever. We did it. It turned out great. Uh, but before it turned out great, we were an hour and a half late. I was an hour and a half late to a family session because I misunderstood LA traffic being LA traffic and consequently made them late for work, which, yeah. So if anybody's feeling like they're not professional, just confession time with Lindsay to make you feel better. (laughs) 
So I had the portrait session in Joshua Tree. I had the family session in the Grove. And even though it was a family, I was like, oh, but I shoot in LA. I'm cool, right? And then my friend who I was visiting, she had a boyfriend. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take you guys out and we're going to do photos in Joshua Tree as well, which was ultimately like the goal, right? To get a couple session somewhere epic, which was in Joshua Tree. So no matter what happened that trip, I was like, okay, I got this. We got it. So all the while I was doing these trips and they obviously they were all on my dime. I wasn't getting paid anything for these. I kept shooting more and more weddings back home. All of my friends in Kansas were getting engaged and I was doing their engagement photos and then they wanted me to do their weddings. And so they had me shoot all of that. I have a question for you. Okay. Do you create so much content you often feel stuck? Uh-huh. Between blog posts, Instagram captions, free recreation, email campaigns, there is so much writing, right? Freaking yes. I've definitely been there and I know how frustrating it can be to feel like you have nothing to talk about. So if you're consistently staring at a blank screen and blinking cursor, we wanted to give you an entirely free guide we just created for you. Guys, our content creation guide is pages of content ideas that you can use to write meaningful captions, blog posts, and more that connect with your ideal audience and create that value and trust that's so vital in order to sell successfully. You can use our ideas directly. There are dozens of them that you can immediately pull from, or you can use them to trigger new ideas for your content creation process. This freebie is so jam-packed that Lindsay and I even go back and reference it when we feel stuck. It that good, fam. If you're sick of not posting or creating any content because your brain feels empty every time you step up to the plate, uh, um, the keyboard, then we got you. Bye-bye, writer's block. Hello, value-filled content. Go to www.theheartuniversity.com slash content or click the link in the show notes. Now go kick some butt and create some content. Hey, Heart fam. We had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka-ching sound your phone makes every time you get paid, aka my favorite part, (laughs) HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline an excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. So now this brings us into 2017. Early 2017, I was planning to go visit friends Caitlin and Luke in Denver. If you remember from the story, that is the couple that I shot in the sand dunes. 
we hit it off so much. And my husband was gone for about a month for work. And they just were like, hey, if you're just chilling, why don't you just hop over from Kansas City to Denver and come hang out with us for a week? And I was like, yeah, sure. I would love to do that. And there was no other intention behind that other than just to hang out with friends. And I remember about a month before I was supposed to go, I get a message in my phone from Luke. It was a Facebook message. And I literally jumped off the floor because I knew there was only one reason he would be messaging me. And I read the message and he was like, hey, I would love to propose to Caitlin while you're here. And I really want to do it in the snow. And so we started brainstorming. I freaked out first out of excitement. And then I was like, absolutely, yes. And then we started planning and we figured out a way to do it on a glacier, (laughs) which is crazy. But he wanted it to be in the snow. And my thought, how we pulled it off is to Caitlin, I was like, hey, while I'm there, do you mind if we do a shoot again? The first time was so much fun. Do you mind if we do another shoot? And I really, I really am not getting enough like snow in my portfolio. So do you guys mind modeling for me in the snow? That'd be awesome. And she's like, absolutely. It'd be so much fun. But like, I didn't need snow in my portfolio. I'm from Kansas. And we did that and we completely surprised her. And those photos, I remember picking out, helping her pick out her dress. She wore her red prom dress, which is so funny, but against the white snow, it looked really beautiful. And he proposed and it was so magical. And it was on March 4th of that year. And I remember he said, would you march forth in life with me? Which is just so beautiful. (laughs) Gotta love a pun. (laughs) But just, I say this and I tell you that story to share like everything snowballs. And as I looked back on my story, I'm realizing that like, every opportunity built itself on the next. And because I did a couple call for a session in the sand dunes of Colorado, I learned or I met Caitlin and Luke. And then that brought me to doing another shoot for them that got featured in how he asked and got blown up on Instagram because it was breathtaking, right? And so it's all these moments that are building on each other slowly. And After that, my husband went directly to Northern California to train for his job, and he was living there, and it just so happened to be right next, like, to the town over from one of my best friends who lived in Northern California. And so just to be closer to him, I went, and I literally slept on her couch for a month um, because I couldn't live, like, with Andrew where he was. And as I was there, I was like, okay, I'm in Northern California. I'm in one of the most beautiful places on planet Earth. Let's maximize this. So I shot everywhere that I could. I didn't have any couple sessions. I did book a family session there, which was awesome. And so I was able to like take some photos of just the husband and wife and kind of market it that way. And you notice I'm strategically like, I'm shooting everything, but I'm very intentionally because I know where I want to go because I knew, okay, I want to be a destination photographer for couples and weddings. I knew, okay, yes, I'll, I'll do a senior or just a portrait session in Joshua Tree or a family at the, at the Grove, or I'll do a family in Northern California. But I use the photos strategically and I posted very strategically on my blog or on Instagram what I wanted to book in the future. So I was just everywhere in Northern California. And it was during that month that I redid my website. I made it more branded than the first one, which I gave to you earlier in the show notes. And I remember I bought presets and I really honed in on the style that became known as my style. And it truly just, I think that that month in Northern California, just like really, I was able to focus and hone in on my business really hard. And after that, I had like miraculously booked a wedding in Horseshoe Bend in Antelope Canyon, Arizona. 
And I booked it from a past client who I had done their engagement session in Big Bend National Park. And she had found me on Instagram way back in the day. And that was in that same season where I was going to Baltimore and going to Colorado and just trying to travel anywhere and everywhere. And so literally me and Andrew had drove 15 hours from Kansas to the bottom of Texas, Big Bend National Park, to do their engagement photos. Or not even their engagement photos, just to do, I think, couple session photos for them. And because I had given her such an amazing experience and she loved the photos, she wanted to book me for her elopement. And she picked Horseshoe Bend National, not National Park, Horseshoe Bend. And it was amazing. And so what I did was I flew a friend out to me to San Francisco and we both drove from San Francisco down to Arizona. And I shot that elopement and then drove back to Kansas and then finished out the summer doing all of the Kansas weddings that I had already booked. But what was really fun about that Horseshoe Bend elopement is that the day after me and Andrew got news that Andrew's job was moving us to Hawaii and our Hawaii date to move was early July. And this was, I think, April 30th of 2017. So not like a ton of time to plan that, right? I went home that day that we found, first of all, like cool, exciting, right? We're moving to Hawaii. That's awesome, especially when you live in Kansas. And I went home that day I made a blog post to go along with an Instagram caption announcing our move. And then I literally changed everything online to say Hawaii-based wedding photographer. I changed my website. I changed my location on Instagram, on my Facebook business page. I changed my Pinterest location on my Pinterest. I changed everything. And then I very strategically started posting only photos that I had got from California or anything from Kansas that I could kind of make look like Hawaii. Because obviously for a while there, for a while I will say there was a time where my website said Hawaii-based wedding photographer and like the homepage photo was like a wheat field wedding photo, right? Because <laughs> I took them in Kansas. So, you know, your girl hustled. And because I forward marketed like crazy, I booked two engagement shoots on Hawaii before I ever stepped foot there. And that's the goal, right? That's the goal. And once we actually moved to Hawaii, I hit the ground running. I second shot. I used hashtags. I talked about Hawaii nonstop. And I kept doing what I was doing on Instagram, which was sharing posts about my life and encouragement and inspiration. And I paired that with all the photos that I was getting from the shoots that I was doing in Hawaii, either second shooting or just orchestrating my own for free or just lifestyle photos of me in Hawaii, or just landscape photos as, as well. I would say 2017 was the year my business really thrived and found its footing. I found a style that felt like mine. I had my first wedding feature in a wedding blog, which was the Horseshoe Bend elopement. I consistently shot things that lit my soul on fire because I had strategically marketed and hustled to make it that way. And then in 2018, whoo! Like, things got crazy. 2018, my business exploded for the better. I kept photographing couples in Hawaii. I kept blogging my sessions, marketing them, giving valuable info on social media. And I kept showing up personally online, what I had done from the very beginning. If you remember, I said that I had photographed or I had taken a course by Jenna Kutcher back literally in 2015. I knew at this time she had had her condo on Maui and... Because I was one of her first students in her Facebook group for her students, I knew that she knew who I was because, um, like, that, that was the first grouping of students, and she really kind of knew who almost all of us students were. And I sent her a message one day, first of all, asking her, like, hey, what's the climate like in Hawaii? Not the actual climate, but, like, the photography climate. And I remember... I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. I asked her, I was like, hey, I would 
if you're ever on Oahu or if I'm ever on Maui, I would love to do a shoot for you and Drew, her husband, because I, I just, I was like, hey, I really got so much out of your course and it changed my life. And so I would just love to gift you with that. And her response, I will never forget, was like, um, yes, can we do like a trade? Like I'll shoot you and your husband and you shoot me and Drew. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so that happened in February of 2018. And that was amazing. I remember I hit 10K followers on Instagram after that, which was really cool. Um, not that followers is anything, but it was a cool like milestone. After that, or actually before that, that December, like the December before, I remember I had seen a Instagram story for Jordan Lee Dooley. She is another influencer and just a speaker that I had looked up to forever. And she did a story that was really quick. I think this was like the day after Christmas about her and her husband coming to Kauai. I actually, she said Hawaii. I don't even think she said Kauai that specifically. And I was like, ooh, opportunity. So I emailed her. I found her like press email <laughs> and I emailed her. And I remember I said, hey, I'm a photographer on Oahu. I have been a fan and just lover of everything that you've done and put out in the world. And here's a little bit about me and my work. I would love to do a free shoot for you and Matt when you come to Oahu. Um, just reaching out, trying to get exposure, but also trying to connect with somebody that I really, truly looked up to. And I remember because this was the day after Christmas that I sent this email, I got the autoresponder that was like, hey, I'm out of the office for the holidays, like duh, as she should be. And I remember three hours later, I got a response actually from Jordan. And it was like, you are so sweet. Thank you so much for such a genuine email. Absolutely. Can we get dinner afterward? Like that was her response. And I just was like, oh, that is so sweet. And so me and my husband, we made a weekend out of it and we flew to Kauai that weekend and met up with Jordan. And literally to this day, she is one of my best friends. And it's, it's amazing just how like reaching out and starting something, just even if you're scared to reach out, can like where that can lead to. So that was in March of 2018. And around this time, because I had connected with Jenna, she had me on her podcast, the Gold Digger podcast. And that got me a, a lot of exposure. And because of that interview, I got an email from Audrey Roloff, who was coming to Maui with her husband, Jeremy. And if you don't know who Audrey and Jeremy Roloff are, they're amazing. You might know them from Little People Big World on TLC. Um, or just they're amazing in and of themselves. They're just so much fun. And she reached out and wanted me to shoot them when they came to Maui. And I did that as well. Andrew came along as well. And so I think having those three shoots back to back, which was pretty much almost like three months in a row, that was really good exposure, like all up front, um, just being totally honest. And I continued doing what I did. I continued shooting. I continued marketing the way I had been and serving people with education and inspiration and just doing what I did best. And the rest of 2018 literally just like skyrocketed. I did easily over 40 weddings that year and of, of well, weddings and elopements. And then I did over a hundred couple sessions in 2018 which was insane. It was absolutely insane. And it continued into 2019. Although I will say in late 2019, or sorry, no, in late 2018, I got pregnant. And so 2019 and 2020 have been a lot slower and intentionally so. I learned the hard way that when you go so, so fast, you're going to burn out. 
like way fast. Um, And so while I'm so grateful for my fast growth and where it led me to today, I will say there was a while there in 2017 and 18 where I was just like a maniac that was trying to grow, grow, grow so much that I needed to take a a step back and learn to breathe. And pregnancy and then having a baby really, really helped bring that to fruition and really helped me understand my priorities as far as how much I want to work, how much I want to rest, and how much I need to be present for my family. And so that kind of leads us into where we are now. (laughs) So throughout my story, I think there's a lot of lessons that we could probably take away from it. But I wrote down five that kind of stood out to me as I was writing this and kind of reminiscing about my story and my journey and where, where I've gone. And I would say the first one, lesson number one that we can take away is to cultivate your skills and passions or interests now. Do not wait. Don't wait for five years or don't wait until you have more money or you have more resources or you have more time. If you want to start cultivating a skill or a passion, start now. I started with my Canon Rebel T3i because I was inspired by a girl named Chelsea from Tumblr. And I just started and started for me at that time literally looked like reading the camera manual front to back to understand what the heck aperture meant. Starting meant finding the cheapest online platform I could and opening a blog and just being committed and being like, no, I'm actually going to write a blog. Granted, I wasn't committed after that, but that's, would just not talk about that. Um, <laughs> but you don't get to have moments like this of me looking back like right now on my story and where it all started and how far I've come if you never take the first step the first imperfect, messy, ugly step. You have to start now. You have to get over that fear and just start no matter how it looks, no matter if you fail, no matter if you fail five times or seven times or 18 times, you have to get back up and start again. So that would be the first one is start cultivating your skills and passions and interests now. Don't wait. The next one that I learned from my story is don't be afraid to put your work out there. So many people that I talk to are afraid to just post a a photo of their work or a photo of their product. Like they're afraid to do anything because they don't think that they're enough. They're afraid to do like product or session giveaways. They're afraid to do couple calls like I did. They're afraid to post their dang work because they don't think that they're enough. And girl, I just, or boy, whoever's listening to this, I just want to like, Lindsay, to you, ear to ear, you are enough. You are enough to start posting your work right now as imperfect as it is. You can do this. You can post it right now and that's okay. You got this. So number two, don't be afraid to put your work out there. Number three, invest in education from the get-go. I will say investing in courses from ground zero, like day one, was life-changing. I probably could have learned all of that stuff eventually and you know, that might've taken 10 years, who knows? But I'm sitting here right now podcasting because I've been given the opportunity to even have an education platform, to even have a podcast because I learned and I invested in myself from day one. I just shortcutted all that information and got it right away and started taking action on it. So invest, invest, invest. And when I say invest in education, that doesn't even mean like paid investment. Obviously, yes, I paid for courses, but 
I still invested with my time. I watched YouTube videos. I watched free videos of anything that I could find. So when I say invest, it doesn't always have to mean paid. Although usually paid content is the best content, which will get you there faster. But I digress. That was number three. Number four, don't wait for opportunities to come to you. Get out there and hunt them down. Hunt them down, friend. Like, if you have listened all this way, you know that the amount of times that I traveled and made a session happen in states that weren't Kansas just so that I would have quote-unquote destination portfolio, that made my career. And all of those stepping stones led me to the next step, which led me to the next step, which led me to the next step. Again, it snowballed, right? Like, I wanted people to look at me and see, oh, she's a traveling photographer. Oh, okay, she does this. I can book her in Horseshoe Bend for our elopement because she's not just a Midwest photographer. So don't wait for opportunities to come to you. Get out there and make them happen. If you want to be a destination wedding photographer like I did, get out there and travel on your own dime. And it does not have to be expensive. Y'all, we drove from Kansas to Big Bend National Park for 15 hours. We drove to the sand dunes of Colorado for however long that is, like 12 hours. I didn't drive to Baltimore, but I bought a very cheap plane ticket and I shot it for just travel only. So if I can do it, I know that you can. And that applies obviously to even more than just photography. If you have a dream and you're waiting on people to give you that opportunity or you're waiting on that that opportunity to come passing you by so that you can grab it, you can't do that. You have to go out there and make that opportunity happen for yourself. All right. Last one, number five, the lesson that I learned from my story is to serve and inspire people from day one. My story snowballed bit by bit, like I've said. One gig led to the next, which led to the next. That sand dune session led to Jaden Tanner, which led to more followers who followed me because I was serving people with positivity and inspiration. Me being willing to drive 15 hours to give a couple an incredible experience in Big Bend National Park led them to booking me in Horseshoe Bend in Antelope Canyon for one of my favorite elopement sessions that I've ever shot, ever, which that even led to literally, I cannot even tell you how many bookings after that. It built on each other. But none of it from day one would have happened if I didn't continue to give clients an incredible service, if I didn't serve the crap out of my people, if I didn't show up for them in person and online on my social media. See, from like day one, I have always treated social media marketing as serving. If I get booked out of it, awesome. But my main goal was to serve my audience first, was to serve you first. I started my blog before it was a photography website and my first posts on there and on my Instagram were intended to make people's day better. I posted just to encourage and that resonated. And it took me farther than anything else I could have ever done, so... In summary, what I learned, number one, cultivate your skills, passions, and interests now. Number two, don't be afraid to put your work out there. Number three, invest in education from the get-go. Number four, don't wait for opportunities to come to you. Get out there and hunt them down. And number five, serve and inspire people from day one. I want to wrap up. This just felt like a wonderful little cocktail hour with Lindsay, right? Uh, I want to wrap up reading a blog post, and don't worry, it's very short because I was very short back in the day. Um, (laughs) I want to read a blog post that I wrote in, I would, hold on, when did I write it? I wrote it July 26, 2016. So a little over a year after like I officially started my business. And you'll see why I'm reading it after I read it. So here we go. Do you guys remember that cult classic that is a Cinderella story with Hilary Duff? 
I probably binge watched that movie so much as a teenager, it's not even funny. It's simply a rom-com classic. And today I'm telling you to go rewatch it. Why? Because there's a scene in the movie that I think we all need to pay attention to, specifically one quote. Never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. Now I want you to look at this quote and replace the words striking out with failure. It brings it to a whole nother level, am I right? And today, as I remember these words, it hit me. Something my husband always tells me, but I didn't understand until today. It's okay to fail. And even more than that, it's encouraged. You see, no one ever gets where they want to go perfectly. You are human. You mess up, you take wrong turns, you fix your mistakes, and it's time to stop chasing perfection and own the fact that you are probably going to fail before you succeed, and that's okay. If we accomplished everything we set out to do perfectly the first time, I don't think it would feel quite as satisfying, do you? There's beauty in, I know where I want to be, and I'm trying really hard to get there. Do you think if a baseball player won the World Series without striking out all season, it would mean as much? No. Our successful breakthroughs are meaningful because they take so much work to get there. Today, I'm writing to encourage you, honestly, because I need the same encouragement. Don't live with the fear that you're never going to matter. Don't let that self-doubt spiral into your heart and tell you that you're not enough. Don't fear striking out before you even step up to the plate. Now, my question for you is, what's your game? And I'm guessing it's not baseball. What is that thing that you are letting fear stop you from doing? Today, I want you to look your fear in the eye and say, you have no power over me. And then run full force toward your game, whatever that may be. And always remember that if you strike out two or three or 17 times, it's okay because it's growing you and molding you into the person you are meant to be. I wrote that in July of 2016. And I share that because if you follow me on Instagram, it's very clear that that blog post that I wrote, like when I was baby fresh, just starting, that sounds nearly identical to a caption that I would write tomorrow or yesterday, right? And I share that because I think a lot of times we, we take this journey that we're on and we take the, the tools that we're learning and we start implementing them and we think, okay, why is it not happening for me? Why am I not getting there? What's, what's different about my story than hers? And I want to take this example as an encouragement to you that this was in July of 2016 and it is now 2020. It takes a long time. Your story will snowball step by step by step as you cultivate each step and move in the direction that God's called you to. I started encouraging and inspiring people before I even really was a photographer. I started trying to post things that would make people's day better after they read them. That was my intention. That was my heart. And I still do that to this day. And I truly think that that has been ultimately like the bare backbone of my success is inviting people into my life sharing my heart with them and encouraging them along the way with tools, whether that's business tools or photography tips or just life tips. That's been my secret to success, I guess you could say. And I hope that this story, my story, struck a chord with you. I hope it resonated with you. If you loved this episode, loved the little cocktail wine hour with Lindsay, I know this episode was a little bit longer, but if you loved this episode, got something from it, even if it was just a laugh at my ridiculousness at shooting my second wedding with a flash, like not a flash, but you know what I'm saying. Um, if you love this episode, please screenshot it and share it on Instagram stories. Tag me. I love seeing it. I know Evie does too for our normal shows, but it would just mean the world to me to see that you guys are listening to our show and 
Tell me what you think about this episode. Tell me if you liked this more deep dive into my individual story and just what I learned from it and what you could learn from it too. So you can follow me at Mrs. Lindsay Roman or at The Heart University. Thank you guys so much. I will see you next time.